Hello and welcome back to Third Talk. It's the first Cheltenham meeting of the season, the jump season. Gearing up now. I think we can say it's properly in full spring. Full swing now, can't we? Full spring. That's a new one. Uh, here to talk about it with me, as per usual, is Big Jim Watson. How are we, Big Lad? Doing very well. Looking forward to this weekend. Cheltenham is back. Time to have some winners. And joining us for the first time on Turf Talk today, a new member of the Turf Talk 12, and he's got a new column out for Easy Odds as well. Jake Price, how are we, mate? Hello, guys. Yeah, really good, thanks. Looking forward to us getting stuck in. Good to have you with us, Jake. It's going to be a little bit of a, a whistle-stop tour around Cheltenham. We're recording this on Wednesday evening, so we have decks for Friday but not quite Saturday, so it makes it a little bit hard in terms of getting properly stuck into analysis for Saturday's card, which looks a bit better, to be fair, without final decks or prices up. But we will have a quick rattle through. It's the old road on Sunday at Aintree as well, so we'll stick that in at the end as well. Cheltenham on Friday, though, Jimbo. There's a Ballymore novices hurdle, the first of about 27 at Cheltenham during the season. Uh, Persian War winner Camprons and current 10 to 11 favourite to beat off your rock like 11 to 8. Mars Harper 13 to 2. All clenched up. Bannistown boy outsiders. The latter heavy, heavy outsider at 80 to 1. Uh, do you fancy the favourite here, Jim? I'm probably going to look to take him on with off your rock. Um, I mean, Camperons is, is obviously coming off the uh, Persian War at Chepstow, and, and that's probably the clear form in the race. But off your rock, He's possibly slightly more under the radar. What he did at Listall against Farouk, I, I was very, very impressed with. Uh, Farouk was held in fairly high regard after beating Tax for Max and son of uh, Hypnos over here. And as a juvenile, he was always well touted. Um, however, off your rock, I brushed him aside and won a nice listed race at Limerick fairly comfortably in the end. Um, his cruising speed was what impressed me the most that day. He just travelled into the race with ease and then ex- accelerated after the last and, and put the race to bed fairly comfortably. The little Yanks that have been a solid sort of consistent horse in, in these sorts of divisions uh, all year. And I think that, that farm line is probably enough to just show a little bit more progression in this. And uh, I think Offior Rocco could probably take on the favourite. I'm, I'm not a big Campron fan. I, I, I mean... His form's not there or thereabouts, but I, I think off your rocker, uh, Rocco is is a lot a lot more value at eleven to eight than eleven to ten for Campron. Yeah, he took a big step forward last time out Campron to win the Persian Moor after kind of looking like he'd kind of hit a little bit of a ceiling in handicaps during the summer. I was dead keen on him for the summer uh, the summer hurdle at market raise in which he he was beaten in. Jake, you agree with Jim? Are you sticking with the favourite or looking further down the field? Yeah, well, it's a pretty disappointing start, isn't it? Having a five-runner novice hurdle with two so far clear on the ratings, I won't be having a bet. But if I had to pick one, I probably would go with Off Your Rocker just from the Irish angle. Uh, obviously, Gordon Elliott has a really good record bringing the horses over to the October meeting, especially. Um, so, yeah, I think Off Your Rocker probably would be the one if I had to choose. But they both look like nice horses. As you say, Camperon, I did not expect that at all from him last time. He uh, looks really good. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't really be interested in this race at all. I don't think, you know, the three outsiders, they haven't got any chance at all in my eye. Um, I think Gordon's chucked in Mars Harford just to pick up a, pick up a bit more prize money. So yeah, um, Elfie Rocco if I had to choose, but but not that keen on the race really. No, I agree with Jake completely. I think uh, Campron's probably a little bit of a disappointing winner 
if, if I'm honest, this sort this sort of time of year, I'd, I'd I'd hope we'd be seeing a couple more promising novices come out rather than summer jumpers who were looking semi-exposed during the summer as as well as he performed at Chepstow last time out. Like Jim, I was very happy with what Ofiorico did at this stole on his last two starts, especially the penultimate run, and he'd be the one I'd be happy with. Gordon Elliott won this back in 2010 as well, his final day a, a long time ago. Now uh, with Paul Carberry on board, gone to a couple of decent horses down the years, this, the new one, probably pri- primarily Vicente as well. Uh, won this back in the day uh, not the I guess probably not the most exciting novice hurdle you'll see at Cheltenham possibly the least exciting novice hurdle you'll ever see at Cheltenham to be fair <laughs> uh, the 230 the square in the air novice chase this might be a tidy little race third time lucky is 2-1 to one to beat Fidelio Valis who's 9-4 to four. any news 5-2 to two. Buddy Rich 5-1 to one. and Sativo 33-1 to one. interesting this Jake Anything you're particularly keen on? Well, I mean, if that two to one for third time lucky is still around on Friday, then potentially that might be a selection. Um, he was a nice horse last season. Obviously, he, he ran some really good races in in, in novice hurdles. Um, he did disappoint, you know, at Cheltenham when he was he went off favourite for that uh, one of the Supreme Trials, as you say, one of the many trials that they do at Cheltenham. But um, yeah, he was beaten for for pleasure that day, and you know, he obviously went on to to run in the Supreme, so I mean, you know, there's a level of form there, but it's nothing exciting. Um but he he came back obviously for the uh for the county hurdle and finished sixth, which, you know, was a much better effort off one four three. Um yeah, as I said, if if he's two to one on the day, I probably would have a little go on that. Um for Delio Vallis, I think he he's a good horse, but you know, he only ran thirteen days ago at Chepstow and he's got to give him eight pounds, which seems like quite a bit. Uh any news I think a lot of people liked him for uh, for Warwick last time, and he ran a really good race. Um, but Beyond the Clouds, you know, was favourite on the week- on the weekend at Market Raise and didn't go on and boost that form, which does put a little doubt in my mind. Um, I think obviously he'll be one that people people go for just because they know he's got that chase experience already. Um, but third time lucky could be could be one of the best animals in this race. Um, so yeah, I think. As I said, if that two to one's around, it might go for him. But I'd imagine that quite a lot of people will be thinking the same as me, and you know that might not last. But yeah, it's, it's a tidy little race. There's a couple of decent project, uh, prospects here. Um, um, Buddy Bridge again, he ran well behind Kate Gentleman the other day, but I'm not entirely sure what how much his form is up to. Obviously, he's been summer jumping. Um, so yeah. Third time lucky looks like a bit of a class angle for Dan Skelton, but obviously there is a little bit of a doubt there in that the Skelton Yard haven't exactly been firing lately. Uh, they've got one winner from 32 runs in the last 14 days, so again, that might be something that puts you off. But yeah, it, it looks a decent race and it should be informative. Yeah, Jimbo, are you with the favourite here? Yeah, I, I completely agree with what uh, Jake said already. I think third time lucky is going to be clear ahead. He mentioned the weight difference between Delio Vallis and third time lucky, and he's got to find eight pounds. And it, and he also mentioned the the time between his races. And I thought he had a very tough race last time at Chepstow when he was beat by T Clipper, um, given a very prominent ride, and never didn't really miss a beat at any stage. And, um, just then towards the end, just began to tire, and I think that might take him out, take it out of him here again. I know it's so early on, but he has been. Uh, on the go since uh, April, May time. So 
And he's got plenty of chase experience, but I think third time lucky after the wind operation, I think that might slightly help him a bit, maybe in a couple of runs time when he, he realises. But I think, like Jake said, two to one is, is tremendous value. And if you can still get that, I'd be all over it. Yeah, well, people who listened to this podcast last season will know that I I don't really like third-time lucky. I thought he was slow last season. I thought he was shorter and better than he should be for every single race. He went off him. But to be fair, I, I, I'm struggling to see what beats him here because I think Fidelio Vallis wants further and I think any news definitely wants further. He might just be the quickest animal in this. Buddy Rich might be the most naturally pacey, but he's got a step forward about £10. To beat third time look, he's also a rock of Gibraltar and they aren't chasers. If you look at all, he's, he's had a couple of good hurdlers, but every, even the good hurdlers that went chasing by rock of Gibraltar were all vastly inferior once he met a fence. He's uh, in Island's semi decent, to be fair, but he'd probably need to step up here. So, through gritted teeth, I probably do think third time look, he wins this. Any news? If the novice, bring back the novice handicap and let any news win that. Because he's going to be, when he get when he gets two and a half miles, he's going to be a proper animal this season. Uh, on to the three oh five, a three mile novice hurdle in October. What dreams are made of? Uh, <laughs> Jimbo, any opinion on this? Calagogo seven to two, five to beat Dragon Bones, who's four to one. Grasavuanke nine to two. Bardenstown lad on on a gathering storm, thirteen to two. Bar. Uh, do you care enough? <laughs> there's, there's not really, there's not much enthusiasm for me uh, on, on this race. Uh, it's a, a bunch of slow horses running at this time of the year. Is it's possibly slightly too soon for me? Um, <laughs> on a gathering storm, probably where I belong, but it'd be a tentative pick. No, no better anything. It's just on form, I, I think he's got a little bit more progression to come. He's had a proper point to point. Sort of campaign before going novice hurdling, uh, and two nice wins so far. One entry in a in a nothing race where I think the Scudamore horse fell, so there was only two finishes in the end. Um, but Fat Sam's not done too badly in the, over the summer since going over fences. Uh, I think he's had two wins in a second possibly, um, but probably on a gathering storm at, at a push. Nothing fancy. It's not a race that I'm greatly enthusiastic about. Jake, are you any livelier? Uh, yeah, I do have one that I quite like here, actually. Um, wouldn't be like, a, you know, a massively strong selection. I was kind of hoping that he'd run in the Potemps on Saturday, but Barden Sound Lad uh, is a horse that interests me here. So John McConnell has a pretty decent overall record at Cheltenham. I think it's like 19%, like, you know, in his whole career. But outside of, outside of March, so in, in the October and December, his record is actually, he's had eight runners and he's had four winners. Um, and a lot of them have come in novice events. Um, so Bardner Sound Lad is one that interests me here. I think it, it was, this was the actual race that he won last year, yeah, with Streets of Doyen. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is a stronger race than one Streets of Doyen won last year, but he, Bardner Sound Lad, he, he's just always been, as we said, a bit slow. Uh, he won his point to point, um, but he, he then bolted up by 15 lengths in a two and a half mile bumper at Tipperary. Um, you know, he's looked pretty good. He went, he won his maiden hurdle over three miles. Um, he's won his, uh, he's won his novice hurdle, um, at Cartmel, which, you know, it was an awful race. He was sent off 10 to 1 on. But, you know, at least he travelled over to England and showed his form, uh, which is the only thing you can really say about that. 
Um, but last time out on Navin, he actually finished a really good third behind Tully Begg. Now, Tully Begg's been given a mark of 140 by the DHA. So uh, it's a little bit, obviously, a little bit higher than his, his Irish mark. But they obviously rate the form. Um, they've given Barden Sound Lab 130, which I think is fair. Um, but th- that piece of form was really eye-catching because Barden Sound Lab was just staying on so far at the finish. It was over two miles, six furlong rather than the full three miles. If it was run over three miles, Barden Sound Lab would have absolutely, you know, gone past them and, and won easily. Um, so I think he's going to be staying on up the hill no matter what happens here. And yeah, he would be at 13 to two. I think that looks like a, you know, a decent price if that holds. So yeah, Barden Sound Lab would be the one for me. Um, Lewis, how do you pronounce the uh, Paul Nichols horse again? <laughs> I said grass of Enki. Charlotte Enki's little brother, isn't it? It is, yeah. Uh, Grace of Enki, I think, is how you actually say it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he ran well last time at, um, at Worcester. He, he was quite eye catching, actually. You know, he's in massive boat. Um, and, can, you know, he, do, he does have a bit of a weight, gets, gets a bit of weight from Bardas Lard, who's got a penalty. Um, so perhaps he's the danger. Um, but yeah, uh, it wouldn't be a race that I would be massively strong on, but Barden Sound Lard at 13 to 2 looks a decent price to me. Yeah, two more familiar names uh, that people may know Almas Argard and Siridalaka in this, obviously, better known as, as, as good chasers. Siridalaka, especially good, obviously, Cheltenham Festival winner. Uh, it's not, not a race I'm dead enthusiastic about, to be honest. If you're already running over three miles in the October of your novice hurdling season, it's not the greatest sign in the world. Uh, Dragon Bones is a horse I've liked for a while. She might not be good enough to win this. She's a shortish price, to be fair. But she she won a red hot Worcester bumper around this period two years ago uh, at a massive price. Went off fifty for that. Beat Lord Baddersley, Midnight River, Israel Champ, Papa Tango, Charlie. Don't laugh, Jim. Uh, and Benton. Uh, since going over hurdles back end of last season, she's won all four completed starts. People didn't buy it on her hurdles debut either. Went off 40-1 to 1 in a listed of mares event since gone off and farmed some uh, pretty average novice hurdles uh, during the summer. This is a, you know, this, this is a better race and, she, and she's meeting better horses. But I think that can, that can be said to the favourite, Calagogo, as well as been doing similar in the summer for Ireland, just, just whacking inferior horses at, at short odds. Uh, it's not a race that I'd have a, I'd have a selection in. Uh, I've talked myself into being looking forward to it now. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jake's selections, uh, now he's gone through it and, and explained it, I, I, I agree. I also think the form slightly is there for him. I, I know that's probably slightly biased, but on a race that I'm not enthusiastic about, I think he's made a really good case for Bardenstown Lab. And I love John McConnell. Who doesn't? He campaigns his horses excellently, I think. Yeah. Okay. I don't I don't I don't have any statistics up, but it feels to me like if you if you just back John McConnell blind you'd be a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> That's something to put under his uh Twitter bio. <laughs> <laughs> uh th- there's a novice's handicap chase as well at, at two forty, the top two in the betting. Uh, no, it's not two forty. It's three forty. Uh, I can't. I can't even tell the time anymore. Uh, Fabwar and Annual Invictus met each other last time out, where they both had the cheek to go and beat the mighty Milkwood. Uh, Danny Kerwin's in there at four to one. Back on the last nine to two, thirteen to two. Torn and Fred. It's nine to four and five to two for Fabwar and Annual Invictus. 
Jim, obviously, this time Manuel and Victor gets gets eight pounds from Favois, but should that be enough to turn the tables? I don't think so. I think the step up in trip will possibly suit Favois more than Annual Invictus. I I have Annual Invictus down as a as a proper two mile speedball. Um, I know he has bits and pieces of form over two mile five at Plumpton, but that's a different from a two mile three at, at Cheltenham in my opinion. And I think Favois will take all the beating. Um, his jumping was slightly clumsy last time, but it, it got the job done in the end. Um, of course, the mighty Miltwood was disappointing and, uh, and probably holds question marks on how good a performance that was by Favois. But like you've mentioned already, his only real opposition is annual Invictus. Danny Kerwin's a horse that I don't think anyone can get right. Uh, and going chasing this year is just like last chance saloon almost. I know he won a race at Wincanton late on uh, last year in March. But he's not a horse I'm overly enthusiastic about. Uh, and I think this is a, a very easy race for, for Favois to, to get two wins to, next to his name over fences. Um, I think I think this could be the weekend that Skelton sort of kicks into gear and uh, and shows his, his chances for the jockeys and the trainers title, the both of them. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you on that, Jim. I think, I think Favois is the one to beat us. I thought he looked like a right awkward bugger. Uh, as the novice hurdle last season, especially when he beat Manella Drama at Haydock, was that in the uh, the Rossiton Main and Bridget Andrews had to practically just lift his head to get him home. But uh, say he looked good on chasing debut, and I, I agree that I think he'd he'd appreciate the step up in trip more than annual Invictus. Are you making it three in a row, Jake? Uh, it's, this is one of those races where. I just I like all of these horses. Like they're all in my trackers, ready for for novice chases at some point this season. Um, I think, as you guys have kind of alluded to, it might be a bit sound a bit obvious, but if if they ran Favour and Annual Victus over the same course and distance as last time, then I'd be all over Annual Victus with the eight pound swing. Um, but yeah, I think obviously with, with the extra trip, it, it's course, it poses different questions. Um, I, w- I wouldn't be having a selection this at all, really, to be honest. I, I think it's going to be a, a watching brief. I think Favour probably is your most likely winner, but. Um, Torn and Frayed was one I, I, I had in March for a, for a novice handicap the other day, uh, and he was a non-runner. I think he's got some nice form, um, but obviously it's behind Favois, so you, you couldn't really make too much of a, ch- a case for him. And Danny Kerwan, Kerwan has always looked like a chaser, so it's, it's good to see him going chasing. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see what he can do after a, a wind up, which Paul Nichols seems to give every single horse he's ever trained a wind up. But uh, yeah, it'll be uh, interesting to see this race rather than get involved. Jim, the closing three races on the Friday, we've got a handicap hurdle over two and a half miles. That features some half-tidy types. Guard Joe Dreams, obviously, quite a nice horse uh, for the Tristan Davises last season. Cool Cody's in there, back over hurdles, St. Sonic, Captain Morgs, Dalharisgal, etc. The uh, amateur jockeys handicap chase that I, I, I only seem to remember... Uh, there was a controversy about this probably about 10 years ago when I first start, started watching horse racing. Do you remember someone stealing a whip off someone else in this race? <laughs> yes, now you've said it. I need to find out who the jockey was. But it were all over, it were all over, like, you know, the, the telly for about, a, you know, for a day or two after going going on going into Saturday. And the only thing they were talking about was, oh, as if he stole his mate's whip. Uh, that's going on. At 4.50 and there's also a little maiden hurdle to round off the card. Anything catches your eye in any of those three races? 
Um, I think Gordante is probably the most exciting horse in, in the maiden hurdle uh, on the last race on Friday. Very, very impressive bumper winner um, at Wincanton. And I think everyone sort of took note of him after that performance. The second hasn't exactly been flying since, but Furlong Lee did come out and win a race at Fontwell at a bumper since fairly comfortably. But Gordante is a horse that I think he's in a lot of people's trackers. Um, just to kick on again this season and have a decent hurdle campaign uh, and also John Locke's in that as well who was only campaigned at the highest level uh, in the Adonis and in the Aintree Juvenile Hurdle Grade 1 um, so it'll be interesting to see how he is with another year with the Skeltons um, hopefully he's strengthened up a bit and, and his jumping's a bit better because he was a horse on the flat in his first couple of starts that I thought was full of potential bumped into Ocean Wind at Lingfield um, when looking absolutely home and hosed um, and, and a comfortable winner at Goodwood and then disappointing at Red Car. But um, hopefully John Locke has progressed a little bit more and I think he could be there could be a few nice handicaps in him later on down in the line. Um, the amateur rider race, there's nothing for me necessarily and it's same here with the handicap hurdle. It's the last race on the card that I'm probably looking forward to the most on that first day. Anything from you, Jake, in, in any of the closing races? Uh, yeah, I've got something in the uh, in the four fifteen, the handicap. But do, do you remember in the in the amateur jockeys race a couple of years ago when that horse was going to bolt up and it just completely ran through the tapes? Yeah, and it, yeah. it just just ran out. Oh, <laughs> yes, uh, Sam Red won it, didn't he? Yeah, uh, that was it. Yeah, I know. I know the owner. Uh, oh, what was the name of the horse who who, who stacked it? It's I can't pronounce it. <laughs> Trained by Eugene O'Sullivan, but uh, yeah, I can't pronounce the name. But yeah, that was quite funny when that one ran out. Another little story about that race. Uh, but in the the handicap hurdle, um, there's kind of two I like, but I think one I will probably end up going with over the other. Uh, the one that I kind of like is Art Approval for Fergal O'Brien. Um, obviously, Fergal tries to do you know tries to have loads of winners at Cheltenham as much as he can. Uh, he was he's always you know targeting horses to um to varying degrees of of success uh but art approval uh you know he he finished second behind Favois on this card last season um he won a couple of nice races towards the end of the year as well so in January he won his novice hurdle uh, by seven lengths at market reason uh and then he went to Exeter um and he won a handicap of one hundred and eighteen um he's only been put up three pounds to one hundred and twenty one so I would definitely rate him as the main danger. Um, to my selection and you know I might end up playing both uh, we'll see how it goes but Art Approval I do think is a nice horse for this season um, and yeah the, the step up and trip should should kind of help him as well uh, but the one I really like is uh, Ian Williams' horse Sometimes Always um, so this horse has you know he, he had a lot of runs last season um, he started out in some, some novice handicaps he ran in that one at Ascot that's worked out quite nicely with College Oak in it um, and then after that, he, he went and won uh, a handicap off a mark of 121 at Weatherby. Um, he won that really easily by six lengths. So that, was, that was a nice performance. Um, you know, he, he's backed it up then again in a novice hurdle under a penalty um, at Doncaster, beating Major Dundee, who threatened to be a decent horse last year before disappointing. Um, and yeah, he, he won the jump with bumper. I, I, you know, I don't, don't really care about that, but. At the end of the season, he then ran into two of the two of the nicest novice handicaps that there is. So he ran at Sandown in uh, their Grade Three National Hunt Final, um, and he ran a decent race in seventh. 
Uh, he was running off 127 that day. And yeah, he, I mean, he, you know, the, the winner, um, Beauport, obviously won by 11 lengths, so it, it exaggerates the losing distance. So he, he actually, you know, he got defeated by 25 lengths, but he was just behind Sheldon, who's a, who's a nice horse for Seamus Mullins. Um, and he had Tiles Happer behind, who's turned into a bit of a monkey, but he's obviously frightened to be useful. Um, but but his, the best run was at Newbury last time out. Um, and he finished a really good fourth behind Good Bull, uh, Four Nickels. Now, he's he's a 1-3-4 horse, and he looks quite progressive. Fresher Luck was the second there, and he's a 1-30 horse as well. Um, so I think that's a nice piece of form. He was running off 125 that day. The handicap has dropped into 124. Uh, Charlie Todd, who always rides him and does take off um, to take off weight, um, takes off another three pounds. So yeah, off, off an effective mark of 121, I think sometimes always there's 14 to one at the minute. I think that looks like a decent each way price. Yeah, he was ridden differently as well last time at Newbury. Normally in the in the main hurdles and the novice hurdles, we see him ridden fairly prominently. And in yeah. that in that in that handicap early, he was ridden towards the rear and, and sort of used differently. Which I'd be interested to see what they do with him this time. I'd rather see him be bowled out in front. I think there'll be a fair amount of pace on uh, though in this, if I'm being honest. But yeah, I, I think 14 to one could be a decent bet as well. Good shouts, lads. I like those. I like those. It's nothing, nothing particularly for me. To be fair, this is good to see old Petit Power back out as well. One of the slowest horses on the planet. He makes Santini look like Batash. <laughs> Does Petit Power, but he's a, he's a, he's a good old boy. Uh, moving on to the Saturday, then the opening race is a conditional jockey's handicap hurdle over two miles. We don't have final declarations, but there are some prices available. Uh, Currently, you can get Sam Arrive at 9 to 4 unbeaten for Paul Nichols in two starts. 6 to 1 Samba Dancer. 13 to 2 Miles Harper, who is declared on Friday. 8 Small Bad Bob, Byzantine Empire. And 10 Zen for Ingleby Hollow, Uncle Henry, and Sarasota Star. 11's bar then. Big Jim, who would you like here? I'm going to go for a swing in this race. Uh, Pazvolsky at 25 for Chris Gordon. Uh, Jason Dixon's already jocked up to be riding in. How do you pronounce that? Pazvolsky. <laughs> just, just trying to. How speak. did you know how to pronounce that? I have really not a clue how. Um, I, he was a points pointer. Um, ran behind some decent horses in in them Prince Esculus, uh, Oscar Elite, uh, and then went uh, bumper uh, the bumper route and and slowly progressing his way through. Um, won a bumper at Wincanton, which I don't think the form of that is necessarily. Not too shabby, to be honest. There was a silent revolution uh, and a few of the earths in behind. Um, but the novice, uh, the novice hurdle at Kempton when he beats Drawfan Jack, Flickervoy, Roya Umi. Uh, what's up with these pronunciations today? Um, I thought the form of that was fairly decent. Um, I was slightly disappointed when uh, he was pitched up into grade in, in, into that novice championship. Handicap hurdle at Sandown. It, it was a lot better race than what this was, um, and he was fairly disappointing in the end. Um, reappearance at, at Fontwell was probably slightly more disappointing. Um, however, I, I think maybe the extra two furlongs might have just put him out of his comfort zone, especially first time out this year. I think he's another one that two miles will certainly be more up his street. And I think at 25 to 1, he's just slightly overpriced. And it's probably where I'll be playing each way. Oh, we like them, Jim. We like them 25 to 1 shots in Cheltenham handicaps already in October. Happy days. Sam arrive, like we said, two out of two for Paul Nichols. 
the one in France and then one in one at Kempton very late last season. Short price uh, for handicap debut though, Jake. Yeah, he's an interesting horse. Um, obviously, you know, he, he, as you said, he won in France and then he won by 13 lengths at Kempton. But, the, you know, the handicap has slapped a mark of 132 on him. Now, I think that's going to end up looking either really good in, in the sense that, you know, he's way better than that or it's going to be absolutely nowhere near, um, you know, he, he's not going to be anywhere near that ability. I think that's going to how this is how this is going to work. Uh, he's going to be really popular in the betting just because it's Paul Nichols. Um, and, a, and a recognisable silks as well. Um, I think people will get behind that as, you know, favourite to start the day. Um, I think he'd go off a lot shorter than the 9-4, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I, I, he's one that if I was going to have a bet in this race, I'd definitely be looking to take on rather than back. Um, but having said that, I mean, it, it, looking at what you want to back is, is a different matter. Um, I do agree with James in that Pazwolski does look like overpriced horse here. Um, you know, at 25 to 1 looks, looks a very nice price. Um, and considering his form that links in with Straw Fan Jack, um, I think Straw Fan Jack's going to be about £4 worse off of the weights here for that, um, in, compared to that Kempton uh, run. So he might be up against it. But, you know, he, 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 Straw Fan Jack is actually quite a useful horse as well. Um, he's got a rating of 132 now, which I think is a bit more like it. He went up to 138 after bolting up at Aintree by 30 lengths. Um, which obviously was a great performance, but just didn't deserve that rating whatsoever. Um, I think, you know, on those terms, he'll be up against it. And you know, it's just, will Pazwolski come on for the run um, at, at Fontwell, like many of Chris Gordon seem to need to do? Um, if he does that, then obviously, you know, 25 is going to look massive. Uh, I think he'd be the closest I have to a selection. Uh, the other one I will mention is Blacko. Um, he's now with Evan Williams, so that's that's what piques my interest here. I'm not sure if he's going to turn up because he, he's not currently jocked up, but uh, he's a horse to just keep an eye on. I think he might need two and a half miles these days, um, but he's down to a mark of 123 now. And you know, during his juvenile days, he was in the 130s. So I think you know that, that there's going to be a race for him at some point. But yeah, I, I'm not you know not eager to get involved here, but um, it will be an interesting race to start the day. I was going to start with Blackhole as well, Jake. He just he just looks like a horse who, I mean, let's be fair, last season was was a little bit of a write off with him. Started with some promise at Chepstow, but nothing much to shout about after that. And he's he, you know two starts, all the fences have have both been bad. But on the on the ability he showed as a juvenile and at the start of last season as well, if someone had told you he'd be twelve pounds lower in the rates come this year, you'd have thought they were mental change a yard, if that sparks him back to form uh, he could be one, well he probably would be the one to be unless Samurai proves to be well ahead of his mark he's, he's not a betting proposition at 16-1 to 1 for me but he is I consider possibly the most interesting horse in the race away from the favourite uh, I like Nordic combined in this at 14s each way, he's, I know he can be a little bit of a bugger sometimes but generally held his form well enough uh, during the summer, including in some stronger races and this midfield decent run in the sprint and runner-up in an event over course and distance here behind Hooper, who no one was beating in the summer uh, back in April. Maybe a little bit below form last time we saw him out at Aintree, but I, I, I prefer him at uh, tracks that's almost test stamina a little bit more. He's, he's close enough second to Valentino Dancer the start before that's working out well. You know, Valentino Dancer very nearly went and battled that up at Chepstow uh, at the Persian War meeting. 
he'd also won it. Uh, well, he won the prelude, didn't he, on the start prior to that. So I think I think Nordic Combine's been running in some in some decent races of the type uh, this summer. And fourteen to one, yeah, I'd, I'd be happy enough to have him as my pick each way. Uh, the two twenty is a class two handicap chase over three miles and a furlong. Florida won this last year, didn't he? He did, yeah, off uh, a mark of like 160 or something stupid. Yeah, was it not? Was it the uh, the record, the the highest handicap? Like, uh, uh, well, probably not since Arkle, but for, <laughs> for a long time, Arkle were winning off like 276. But yeah, I'm sure I read somewhere like that. It was, it was a maybe this century the highest. Wait, I could just be talking absolute bollocks. To be fair, I don't know. Uh, it could be right. <laughs> it could be right. It could be wrong. Great insight. He did. <laughs> he did win it. He won it off 164, beating West Approach. Google cuts a record, Jim. While I run through the prices, a Storm controls four to one Fav uh, to beat Jersey Bean, who's five to one. Six is Minella Bobo and Just Your Type. Seven's Cloth Cap, who uh, was third in this last season. Same price, Demand Go another one and sumptuous for Henry de Bromhead. Tens bar. Uh, Jake, I love staying chasers. Uh, struggling a bit with this one though. Do you have any? Do you have a strong fancy? I do actually. Yeah. Um, it's good job you brought Frodo on actually because I did want to talk briefly about cloth, uh, cloth cap. Um, I just can't have him at all here running off 156. I know I said the exact same thing when making the case about a different horse last year when, when Frodon was running for 164. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's 20 pounds higher than winning the Ladbrokes Trophy. Like, if, if he can win this, then yeah, he, he's an incredible horse. Um, so I, w- I wouldn't be able to, to back him at all. Um, the one I do like is Storm Control. Now, obviously, you just said that he, he's favourite. Um, I had to put him up earlier this week and, you know, he was a bit bigger than that. But Storm Control, yeah. Carrie Lee, this month, she's had three runners and they've all won. So she's in pretty incredible form. Um, She had one win today by eight lengths, uh, very impressively as well. So, yeah, Storm Control, um, he ran in the the same course and distance, but in November for the conditional jockeys um, handicap chase. And he went and won that last season off a mark of 131 under Richard Patrick. Um, he just went off from the front and no one could get anywhere near him um, up until right at the end. And then there's a similar story. He, he then went to um, the December meeting um, and he, he went into the, the Grey 3 uh, handicap chase over three mile, two furlong. And again, he just set out his stool, went off in front under Richard Patrick, uh, jumped them silly. And then he was, he was coming up the, the run in and he just completely idled. Um, he, you know, he was, he was about to win really easily, completely idled up the hill. Uh, and then one of the other horses came and joined him. He then went on again and, and he won by about a length. So, uh, that, that looks decent form because the third horse there was, uh, court made. Um, she is rated like 150. So she's a nice horse. Um, so being her, that looks like decent form to my eye. Um, he went off the boil a little bit at Warwick. He ran in the classic chase and he just didn't stay the, the three mile five furlong trip. Uh, he came back here for the Kim Muir, um, in March. Uh, he was running off a mark of 142 that day. So that was, you know, five pounds higher than, than what he won off, at the, at the December meeting. Um, and again, you know, he, he went out in front, just does what he does, jumped for fun. Um, and you just, you know, in, in this type of, type of race where there was a lot of well handicapped horses and, you know, Mount Ida came from, absolute space to win um you know he, he just 
weakened out. He, he still had the lead at the, the second mass and he just weakened up the hill. Um, but the good thing is he's back down to the three mile one furlong trip this weekend rather than the three mile two furlong trip, which I think is just the, you know, the very edge of his stamina. Um, but that, you know, losing that furlong will help him out immensely. As I say, Curley's in great form and he, he's back down now to a mark of 137. Uh, which obviously it's the same as his last winning mark, and yeah, I think he he looks like a really good um, good pick in this race. I like that, mate. Very very strong case. All from you, Jim. I, I'm just gonna echo the same thoughts about storm control. Damn, Chris Crook is the reason why this horse has been back throughout the day. He said the same stat that uh, Jake has just been talking about the four out of four since the first of August, and everyone seems to have taken note of that. Uh, and now he's he's shortening by the minute. Um, I, I hope you've gone a, a nice price, Jacob. I, I hope you've backed him early, um, <laughs> because I, I I wish I was as well. Um, <laughs> the the name of this race has got me thinking. Um, like this race is screaming out for the old Cogri and West approach and Rock the Casbars to come back because it, it's a boring old race without them this year. Yeah, it is. I thought they'd brought Hogri out of retirement. I'm sure I saw that. But he's not run, has he? Not that I know of. But it's just screaming out for some of the old golden oldies to come, come back in this. and Because and, and, I'm really unenthusiastic about this race completely whatsoever. I, I mean, I, I, I echo what Jake, uh, Jake said about Cloth Cap. I, I think he it'll have to be a colossal effort to win off, off this mark. Uh, and I think he'll struggle. And I, I, I just get on storm control now while you can. If you can sweep up that little bit of 92, fire away now. There's one I like at a slightly bigger price here who I can see winning a, a good race. He's racing here off a career-high mark, but I thought Didero Vallis did well last season. Probably proved he's, he's now a high high 130s chaser. The one at the low end comes here off run 3.9, which is... Four pounds higher than for when he was only narrowly beaten by Kitty's Light at Kelso last season. Kitty's Light has obviously, you know, done wonders for the form since only just going down uh, in the Bet365 gold football. Would have won with a clear run. I think I think most people would agree. And just getting done, uh, giving loads of weight away to Chirico Vallis uh, at Chepstow on his reappearance. Didero Vallis himself did winning, uh, did some winning last season. Took a race at Catrick back in February. Obviously, you know, he'll need close enough to a career best to take this. But there are bits and pieces of his form that suggest, you know, even further back, that suggests he's the sort of horse who could pose a threat off a higher mark. Runner-up in the Roland Merrick behind Topville Ben two seasons ago. You know, he's, he went off favourite for the Grand Sefton last season, having run quite well in the race uh, this, the year before that. But he wants three miles nowadays. I'm pretty, I'm pretty certain with that. And I, he, he just kind of stood out to me, and I thought, well, this, this, this is a fairly, a fairly solid handicap chase for this level, who's who I thought took his form up a couple of pounds last season. I, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not the most enthusiastic selection lever here from me, but it was one of all looked at and I thought I, I can see the case of him maybe being nines and he's twelves so that'd probably be where I'd, I'd go here, Didero Vallis for Venetia Williams, you know it is, it is a slow boat race so we have to go for the Venetia horse, don't we <laughs> uh, 
the 255, the Masterson's Holdings hurdle. Uh, I've seen today that Zana here apparently goes to Down Royal, which should uh, kind of make this a fairly simple task for Tritonic on everything we know. He's currently 5-4 to favourite. Do we just lump on now and hope Zana here isn't declared? No, we don't. Oh. Stephanie Causeway. That is the horse that's going to cause the upset here. I know you look at that, the first time Stephanie Causeway faced uh, hurdles, he was brushed aside by Tritonic fairly impressively. Uh, and yes, you've got to respect Tritonic, uh, especially with that Adonis and then well, was disappointing. But they always are. We always jump into conclusions that the Adonis is always going to bring us the winner of the triumph, and it never does. And I just fall into that trap every year, and I need to stop doing that. But back to Stepney Causeway, four starts over hurdles and brushed them all aside, front running, almost shades of all mankind in some some aspects. Brushed them all aside, Jim. Who who beat him on his debut, by the way? Tritonic. Um, Thank you. Um, but I think he's a better horse now. I just they give him another another winter uh, summer on his back. Sorry, uh, and I think he'll strengthen up from that. I, I just feel like Tritonic could be there for the taking first time out this year. I know he had three uh, spins, uh, two spins on the flat, um, one at Royal Ascot, uh, if my mind serves me right. Um, but I, I, I'm just looking to take him on this year. I, I'm not. I was a massive fan of him as, as a three-year-old on the flat. I thought he was very, very progressive, and I was really looking forward to him going hurdling, but I'm probably going to look to take him on first time out this year. I, I mentioned that I think the Skeletons could be going for it this weekend, and, and I think this could be one of them to, to, to cause the upset. I'm, I'm hoping that they go out all guns blazing, ping him at the, ping him at the hurdles and, and see where it goes. He did jump a little bit, a little bit uh, to his left, uh, which would be a slight con, uh, concern for me, but just try all you can to try and get Tritonic beat. Jake, are you with me or are you with Jim or anything further down the market? There are a couple of other fairly nice types. I like to move it. it was a good bumper horse for Nigel Twiston Davis last season and made a winning hurdles debut. He's fours, Hudson de Gruyere for Gary Moore, he's sixes as well. So it's it's not a it's not a Mickey Mouse contest. Uh look I, I think odds against for Tritonic's a price, mate. Uh what do you reckon? Well it's interesting you say that. So when do you think the last outright favourite was to win this race? Oh, a fair while ago. I know Alan King has won it before with Soul Royal, but I'm not sure whether he went off Fav. No, he didn't. So the, the last outright favourite was Dodging Bullets back in 2012. Um, and then Sam Esigar won it in 2013 as a joint favourite. So it's it's not a race of favourites recently. And there's been you know a fair few upsets. So All Mankind was the upset last season. Um, the season before that, Torpedo went off a like, stupid price in hindsight. Um, and Gumball's also another another beaten favourite in recent years. So, yeah, it is it's an interesting race. I can't like last season. I just never got the Tritonic hype at all. I think it's because I fell uh, for the Peak Dory hype the year before. <laughs> so <laughs> I learnt my lesson, and yeah, I just couldn't have Tritonic whatsoever. And obviously, you know, looking back, that's that's turned out right in the triumph. Um, but I'm not going to start liking him here. I do really wish Dana here was running because I think he's just miles better than all of these and. You know, he's been odds against all week as well, and I think if he was obviously running, then that's six to four, or you know, he's out to like two to one now. That, you know, that would be a stupid price. But uh, yeah, I, w- I won't be having a bet here. I think Stepney Causeway is the danger. Um, it'd be interesting to see how he gets on. 
you know, he's in receipt of, of quite a lot of weight there. So, um, you know, I think he, he would have a good chance and he probably would be the, you know, the bet that makes sense. But, uh, yeah, it, it's just going to be a watching brief for me and just hopefully, uh, see everyone cry when Tritonic gets to be, gets beat again. <laughs> yes, yes, Jake, you can come back anytime you want. <laughs> We've kind of swapped sides here, aren't we, Jim? Because I was dead against Tritonic for the Triumph. <laughs> yeah, and I was massively on board with Tritonic hype. <laughs> but, but but this year, I, I I think there's a little bit of an overreaction to a, a, a disappointment in the Triumph here. I think if he just came here straight off the Adonis, he would be twos on. You know, and I'd, I'm always happy enough to forgive, especially a young juvenile hurdler of who are running a race like the Triumph. You know, Zanna here underperformed in it as well, and you know, on the season previous, I said nice things about the pair of them. It, it won't, I won't find it silly about that. Back, back on a flattered track, I could see Tritonic potentially being the biggest danger to Epiton, especially of the English brigade in like a race like the, the fighting fifth, if they chose to go go That's that road. Bold shout. But who else? Who else do we have? You know, I'd, this I'd, is true. You know, it's it's not a it's not a a. Uh, a reflection on how on how brilliant I think Tritonic is. It's just kind of the state of affairs where, you know, like New Zealand have to play Chris Wood up front. <laughs> what, would you, what would you think about him up against Mon Morale in, say, like a, a fighting fifth? Oh, Mon Morale. Mon, Mon him. Should, yeah, on paper, should be. Mon, Mon Morale, I think, was the best juvenile hurdler either side of the Irish Sea last season. If I'm okay. Well, he's probably the likeliest champion hurdle winner. Of the juveniles, because I think Quilixios will want further in time and, and will be done, done by quicker horses this year, as much as I like him as an animal going forward. Uh, oh, I just think he's a vastly superior horse to, to these Tritonic, if I'm, if I'm honest. <laughs> I, I think it was a, an alright crop last season, I say. We've said nice things about Zana here, and I don't think it would take loads for both of, Tritonic and Zana here to kind of become fringe champion hurdle players. Zana here maybe not even fringe. He wins a grade two and a grade three in Ireland and suddenly people have him have him in the back of the mind again for the champion hurdle. Tritonic's route might be a little bit harder, but th- this would be a, a good first step and I'd be disappointed if he couldn't beat this lot, especially if he's odds against. Not good race, though, you might say. I have no problem with Stephanie Causeway. I like him. He's been settling better than he did. Uh, at first, he is a little bit like of an all mankind junior, isn't he? Uh, and I like to move it because, like I say, cracking bumper horse. I know Twiston Davis has think a lot of him and uh, warmed up and got better as the race went on on his hurdles debut at Worcester earlier this month. So it is, it is a tired little affair. I am looking forward to it, if I'm honest. I quite like the Masterson's hurdle. I don't like juvenile hurdles, but I like I like this one. You know, I kind of like the sort of intermediate chases and four-year-old only races you get at the start of a year. Just gives them a little bit of a nice starting point before they have to take on the proper horses. Uh, the 3.30 looks like quite a hot handicap chase over two miles. Again, no final decks, but prices as of Wednesday evening. Vado 40 is 11-2. to two. Fav for Gordon Elliott, 9-2. to two. Magic State, 5-1 to one Sky Pirate. 11 to 2 Fanny and Destreval before midnight. Six of Stolen Silver. Eights for Dalio Vallis and Leap Away. Nines Balagas. 14 to 1 Bar. 
Jim, I'll come to you first. Who's a bigger bastard, Sky Pirate or Gordon Elliott? <laughs> I think the answer has to be Gordon Elliott in the situation. Um, but moving swiftly on, it's not a race I'm awfully uh, excited about. Um, there's been a fair amount of movement on odds checker for before midnight, um, which is, I think, more than likely going to be run instead of his stable companion, Stolen Silver. Um, remember when Meng- Mengli Khan, people thought he was going to be good? <laughs> uh, what, what's gone wrong I backed him for the Merton Futurity if I remember and a, a bloody horse called Marcel beat him if I'm thinking correctly what, what ever happened to Marcel as well anyway Marcel was a stallion at the National Stud is it? not where he is like, now he was at the National he, Stud for a bit I remember him like causing upset in the Merton Futurity like Mengli can't finish well beaten if I remember rightly Um and like, what's he doing? Jumping fences? Oh, poor fella. Sorry, Jake. Any any fancies? Uh, no, I mean I couldn't have Sky Pirate at all running off one five nine. It's, it's seven pounds higher than the Grand Annual. Like, come on, he surely can't win again. We all said it last time, but this time surely he cannot win. First time up. Um, before midnight would be the one that I would side with. Um, as you mentioned, he's now jocked up Santos and Davies aboard, so it looks like he's going to be running. It's a shame the price has just been demolished this afternoon. Um, so it, you know, it might stop him being selection for me, but yeah, I think you know he gets the runoff 10 zone free because Sky Pirate's in here. Um, so yeah, off a mark of 136, I think he's got some nice forms to his name, and he'd be the one I'd chance. Um, the other one I will mention is Vado Fort. I thought... Um, I thought that he would need the run last time at Limerick on his first start for Gordon, but he looks to have just turned him inside out. He bolted up by 15 lengths. Um, but as such, his last mark in, in Britain was 129, and now he's rated 145. So I think that just throws that one out the window as well. Um, thanks for the BHA. But yeah, uh, it's not a race that I'm particularly excited about. Jake, do you find Fanny and Desperval interesting in here back in, back in a handicap? Yeah, I'm not sure if he's going to run. Uh, the only thing I will say, I, I, I always thought that he needed a bit softer ground than this. I don't know if that's just because he's trained by Venetia or if that, but like you know, if you look for his form, he does have some some good soft ground form. Um, yeah, I, I think he is interesting. Um, a mark of 152 is his lowest. Um, it has been in a while. He, you know, he reached 157 last season. So um, yeah, I think there probably there will be a race in him this season. Um, I just don't know if first time up in October would be would be really what Venetia's about. Um, so yeah. That's also, very, that's he's going to be running the old Rowan, isn't he? I think. Yes, he is entered in that as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'm, I'm, I'd like to see him back in a handicap because I think he, like I said, I think one five two is a sort of mark where he could be a real threat from. Yeah, like if if they could run him here, get his, get it down to even one fifty or you know one five one, then there's that one in November, isn't there? Basically the exact same race as this, so potentially maybe that one. And I, I like him at two miles as well, rather than two and a half. I, I just kind of like the idea of just like trying to let him bowl along. Yeah. And and, and jump out. I think he I think he's stretched a little bit over further. Um, he was the one who I who I found interesting, but I don't think he's a is a betting proposition just from a, a watching point of view. What? Uh, nothing particularly. I can make a betting case. Obviously, Magic Saint tends to go well in these kind of races, no matter what. Uh, he's off one five four, which is again a, a sort of mark he can be compared. Of Sky Pirates up seven for winning the Grand Annual. 
surely, surely the run ends here. You know, there's, there's no way. If, if he wins this, then he's going to be a 1-6-5 horse. Surely. He's not champion chase, really, aren't you? Yeah, surely that's not the case. Surely that's not the case. I will reiterate again, I backed him in a fucking Kim Muir. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Can I have that horse written on your grave, please? Oh, I, I, Not that I want you to be anywhere soon. Hard, but please. please. <laughs> He'd be better off named Somali Pirate. He <laughs> <laughs> causes that much bother. Uh, Balagas as well, who wasn't quite as quick to get going over fences as as Connections probably would have liked, but ended last season in, in flying form. Won a quite a good no, uh, novice's chase on the final day of the season where he beat Falco Blitz and Killer Clown and not that fleecy in fact to a, a couple of horses I have I have a bit of time for up eight pounds back down in trip he's nine to one interesting to see how he gets on uh, I don't think any of us have a selection or a serious one no couldn't care less no what a brilliant waste of time uh, <laughs> the last three races then at Cheltenham on Saturday, we've got a Potemps qualifier. Uh, don't cry, Jim. Uh, a semi-decent three-mile novice chase as well, and a usually quite a hot bumper uh, to round the card off. Anything worth mentioning in any of them from you, Jimbo? I, I know it's a Potemps race, and a fan of the podcast, Victoria Malzard, is riding Kansas City Chief, who finished third... Uh, in this race last year behind Honest Vic off a mark of 128. I know he's 12. Carrying 10 stone here with Victoria 7 off. Maybe could sneak into the 6. Come um, on, he is a dude. He is a, he an absolute legend of a, of a horse to have owned. And you, you could have had a, so much fun with him. Um, he's been running in Jersey recently. And he didn't run too badly last year in that stays race at Haydock. Um, and he was third at Wing Canton in a, in a nice enough race. I know the, a lot of them pulled up that day, but he's a nice enough horse. Uh, there's still a little bit fire in the belly, you reckon. Um, and Neil Mulholland's horse has been running really well recently. Um, so I wouldn't be putting people off him at a, a big old, I think he's about 25 to 1. Um, the Novices Chase, I, I'm looking forward to the Novices Chase. There's some nice horses in there, Oscar Elites. Uh, for the Tizard uh, outlet, big strapping horse who's who's going to relish a fence, and, and and I'm looking forward to seeing him over them, um, as well as Barbados Bucks who showed a, a steep bit of progression, especially in that Kempton race. Uh, the form of that's not exactly anything special, um, and does he knows could be back out after winning at Chepstow. Um, I don't know if anyone saw the Kim Bailey letter that Tom Malone put on Twitter the other day about. Uh, thanking his sponsors, I, I thought that was a, a class act uh, from him. And in the bumper, bumpers are—nothing that gets me excited too much. Um, so nothing from me there. But probably Kansas City uh, Chief at, at twenty-five to one each way will probably be around playing six places. Hopefully, if anyone's feeling generous. Fair enough, Jimbo. You like a couple in the attempts qualifier, don't you, Jake? Yeah, I've got a couple that I'll be backing. Um, so the, the first one's Edison Kent. So that, that's basically just because his form links in with Bardenstown Lad. Uh, he was second in that race at Navan uh, last time out. 
Um, he's been a bit of a, a horse that's, you know, he ran in some hot maiden hurdles and got absolutely smashed. Um, but then he, he's got better over time and as he's gone up and trip. Um, so yeah, for, for Jesse Harrington, John Joe and Neil Jr.'s riding, which is quite interesting. Uh, off a mark of 127, they won't mind winning this if, if, you know, if they, if they have to. Um, it sounds like such a chore in this race, doesn't it? Trying to win it. Um, <laughs> Bloody trying to win a race. Who do they think they are? <laughs> yeah. uh, and then the other one is Mr. Harp. I think he's probably the more interesting one, actually, at 16 to 1. Um, he's trained by Thomas Gallagher, so a pretty unknown trainer, but um, he, he ran some really nice races last season. He was actually only beaten two and a quarter lengths by Barbados Bucks in a uh, novice hurdle off level weight. Uh, that was at Southall over three miles last November. Um, he ran against that rival again and got beaten a bit further. Um, but then he went to Utoxa and won a handicap of 115. So was, that was a three-mile handicap. And he beat St. Delina, who's now a 130s horse. So he, I think he was given her about eight pounds that day. Um, but now he, he, like she's now rated 130. So that, that's a nice piece of form as well. Um, but obviously the most eye-catching piece of form was he ran in a potential qualifier uh, at Warwick in January. And he finished second behind Imperial Alcazar off a mark of 123. So obviously Imperial Alcazar is a really nice horse. I think he rated 147. Um, and he was many, many fancy for the actual attempts final. But poor old Mr. Harp didn't get into the race. Um, he, he was rated 126 and the lowest rating was 126. So, you know, he's basically been balloted out of it, which was really unlucky. Um, Connections even tried running him in the Prestige. Novices heard it great to at Haydock to try and get that mark up for a couple more pounds. Uh, and he ran well second behind Alaphilippe, who again is a, a horse in the 140s. Um, and he had some good horses behind, such as Tupelo, Mississippi, and Mint Condition as well. That you know, there's some nice types. So, yeah, he's back. He's back down to a mark of 125 after disappointing on his final start. I think you can forgive that because he's just had a really long season. Um, so I think you can forgive, you know, an end of season run. Um, but yeah, but back here, two pound higher than when second to Imperial because I think the connections are definitely going to want to try and win this or at least finish in the top three to to get his mark high enough to actually get into the final. Um, it'll be a lot harder to get in this year because there's going to be a lot more social runners again with you know crowds back. Um, so yeah, Mr. Hart would be probably the strongest of the two selections. I like that. I can fully, fully see the case of Mr. Hart as well. I think that's a cracking shout. Uh, just a slightly bit of a bigger price. One who, one who semi caught my eye as well because he's a better known as a chaser, but what a consistent animal he is, and he's he's got a good record at Cheltenham. His spirit in the games. Spirit in the game, spirit of the game. <laughs> uh, who actually ran in the Potemps final last season, finished a, a pretty solid eighth. He just doesn't run bad races, really, does he? <laughs> Obviously, made his name as a chaser, but he was a decent, decent hurdler as well, off similar marks back in the day, placing a Betfair hurdle, fifth in a county hurdle, you know, runner up in a Lanzarote to William Henry, who, you know, went on, went on to be a mid 150s horse over hurdles himself might have won a national spirit as well uh, won a Coral Cup I think when we were there didn't he Jim he did I think yeah uh, possibly uh, my mind's my mind's sense <laughs> mush now to be fair uh, but spirit of the games he's a, he's a good lad finished the season with another very very good third behind Happy Go Lucky who's a proper progressive animal uh, back end of last season in that competitive handicap at Aintree John BB as well who who I think he's one who was going forward at the back end of last year, uh, splitting the pair of them. So for a for an exposed enough nine year old, he's a horse who con- who does remarkably well at holding his level. Uh, he's still probably a mid one forties chaser, so he runs here off one three nine. 
I'd, I'd take his Cheltenham Festival run as, as a decent enough one, down down two pounds from that. If he's ready to go first time, and I hope he is, uh, you know, he's he's run a couple of decent races first time out. Obviously, last season he was runner-up in the in the Paddy Power first time out. So you can take some promise from that. And and if Dan Skelton has him ready, I'd, I'd like to hope he might be there or thereabouts and, and running into the place and to just maybe give them another option for where to go at Cheltenham this I season. Think, I think your only problem with that one is... Um... Shannon Bridge is currently jogged up, so they might be going with him instead. But I do like the Angora spirit of the games for this season. He's a cracking, he's just a cracking horse. I've got, I've got a lot of time for him. Bridget has ridden him uh, a couple of times before. She, I think yeah, she rode him at Cheltenham, so I'm not sure whether uh, that might be the, uh, that might be the plan with it. But either way, it's to say. <laughs> Normally, I'd be just happy to cross over potential qualifiers. Don't like them, don't care about them. To be fair, he's a good boy as well. He's here, he's got a cracking record at Cheltenham. Uh, this is just me reminiscing about old horses I like now. I tell you what, I saw I saw TV Fair run at Newton Abbott the other day, and he looked absolutely massive. I, I don't know if they were just running him. They must have just been running him there to get him fit. You know, he's had two runs already. But, yeah, he, he was a very big boy that day. <laughs> good lad, to be fair. Uh so that that novice chase hard to analyse because he's about eleven of them, eleven of them entered, and how many will turn up maybe four. But like Jim said, Barbados books an Oscar really interesting potential chasing debutants. Uh, nothing for me in the bumper. Uh, we all happy to move on to the old road. Good to yep. me. So the final race we'll talk about this weekend. Well, I might give a little mention to the veterans chase cost. There's some familiar names in that. It just makes me feel old that Black Ops running in veterans chases now. <laughs> I didn't even see that. Wow. That does make me feel old. Uh, Robin DeFore as well. Now with John McConnell potentially coming over for that cool Cody. If he turns up, he's surely the one to be still progressing last season, holding his form in better races than this placed at the Cheltenham Festival uh, in a really, really deep renewal of the Paddy Power Plate. And then Maybe not quite at his best next time out when beaten favourite in the Silver Trophy, but he's, he's been dropped two pounds for that. And he's the only, the only horse in this field, barring some chaos who won last time out at, uh, at Chepstow in a similar enough event, the only horse in this field that looked like he was going forwards rather than backwards last, uh, last year. So I hope Cole Cody wins a veterans chase if he turns up and name that race after the early on Rouge, please. Uh, the old role note. Likes of all mankind, Nutswell, Benny's King, Pistol Whipped, Itchy Feet, Fusel Raffles, Fanny and Destreval, Tamarock de Matan, The Big Bite, Midnight Shadow, Huntsman Sun, Windsor Avenue, Cool Cody, Killer Clown, Reserve Tank and Cracking Destiny. That's in race card order. I'll try and find some prices. Uh, where would you like to start, Jim? We we talked on the season preview about All Mankind and how he could possibly make up into a King George sort of horse um, three miles around there, maybe something that he might be able to get away with and his, his fluent jumping style could sort of help that. I was disappointed on how he jumped at Chepstow the other week. Um, I thought he was giving a fairly conservative ride as All Mankind goes and um, probably just saving him for bigger occasions later on in the season and He's obviously a worthy challenger here, I think. Uh, to carry this off top weight will be one hell of a performance and probably um, will be something that I wouldn't be surprised that he'd be doing. Um, I know it's off a fair old mark of, I think, 160. 
Um, so he may struggle, but if he's to get into that upper echelon this season, I, I think that he he can get into. I think he he could be a lot better than this. Uh, the other horse that's of interest is is the one that he shares the the market with is, is Tamarot de Matan, who he, he faced at air last year uh, of all mankind when. Uh, unseating his rider too out. I don't think he would have beat All Mankind that day, especially uh, around there on, on quick ground. Um, but he's a good form winning uh, at Kempton in the in the Pendle and, and behind Shishkin. Um, progr- sort of progressed nicely through chases and, and this year could be a proper announcement onto the scene. Uh, and I think he, off a mark of 148, this looks like a, a decent opportunity for him to get his own back on All Mankind. Fair enough, mate. Where would you be leaning, Jake? Yeah, it's such an interesting race, isn't it? Because like half of the field just look like you know ordinary, like decent handicappers that you see on most Saturdays during the season, and the other half look like horses you'd want in graded races. So it's quite hard to considering as a handicap to to quantify it. Uh, for instance, Tamarat Damatan is twelve pound better off with all mankind for their air runs, where obviously Tamarat Damatan unseated, but twelve pounds is obviously a lot of weight considering they were running off levels last time. Um, I, I don't have a massive opinion. I think Nutswell, you know, he'll run his race again. Anne Hamilton does so well with her horses. Um, you know, she's only got a small string, but the amount of times they o- overperform, it, it's pretty crazy, really. So she, she does a great job. Um, itchy feet, I just don't like that horse at all. Um, <laughs> as it, yeah. Yes, I like that. Someone who doesn't sit on the fence. Good lad. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. I just, you know, he he runs some good races, and he he always ends up going off at short price, and he just, yeah, he's he's not one for me. Uh, Fusel Raffles, I thought that he would win at Newton Abbott the other day, um, but you know, he, he just let Roadrun's game get on with it, and he just ran on him behind. So I don't know where I'm, where we're at with him either. You know, maybe he needed the run, um, but yeah, I I don't have a massive opinion on this. Um, but Pistol Whipped, you know, he, he he's improved a lot. Um, over the summer, but well, in the spring at least, um, and you know he, maybe he could he'd run well there uh, at a bigger price. But yeah, I, I don't have a massive opinion on this race. To be honest, it'd be a really good watching brief. One I like in here, and I do have I do have a minor worry, but there are prices with with a minor firm Grosvenor Sport who have nuts well as a four to one five Tamarot Dumata nine to two Witchy Feet five six as all mankind and Fusel Raffles nines and bigger the remainder. Uh but Midnight Shadow at ten to one is a horse who I feel he could still be well handicapped off one four six. Didn't have too much racing last season. I, I, I put him up as my anti post pick uh when I was writing for racing tips for the uh, Paddy Power plate, then he was he was taken out at the uh, five days, and that did my head in because he was a fair price. But I see no reason, really, barring the fact that his best form comes at Cheltenham to to not like him again here. He he has won at Aintree in the past, although he he flopped quite badly in this race last season. That that's my minor worry. But he was a hurdles winner at Aintree as a younger horse. Again, look, he's second to Chatham Street Line in the Caspian Caviar. He was well clear of everything else. Well clear of everything else. So got put down two pounds for it. You know, has had good form, I'd consider, in his novice chasing campaign the year before that, sixth in the marsh, runner-up to uh, to Witchy Feet in the Silly Isles. He won the Dipper. 
just not just not sure we've seen the best of him as a chaser yet. And I think one four six might underestimate how much ability he has. You know, he was a good hurdler on the Ralkie, I think, uh, back in the day. Didn't have. I think he say only ran twice over fences last season, which was finishing down the field in this and then finishing second to Chatham Street lad. He's a horse. He's a horse I like. I think I've read this week that they plan to come here and ten to one. Uh, if you want to get on early with Grosvenor Sport as the only firm that I've priced up, I think that that might be a little bit on the generous side. I'd, I'd make him a touch shorter. Nice, nice pick. Yeah, I look at, I like him, and I think he's the sort of horse that that is more than capable of winning a big handicap, especially from a mark in the in the mid mid one forties. I I wouldn't be surprised if he was closer to a one fifty type. So that's enough to offset the the slight worry about him him being running a bit of a stinker in this race last year. Uh, that should wrap everything up for this week, Jim. Before we go, just time for the RTR nap comp, uh, a nap. A next best and a third pick. Um, for me, I think the nap of the weekend uh, will probably come in the three forty on Friday at Cheltenham Savoir to win that handicap uh, novice chase. I, th- I think it's a clear opportunity for him to add another win to his name over fences. Then we'll go on the Saturday to the Mattersons, uh, where I, I, another one of Dan Skelton's Stepney calls, where I think we'll get the beating of Tritonic. And my third best will... Shall we make it a hat-trick for the Skeletons? Third time lucky in the novice <laughs> chase at Cheltenham. Up the Skeletons. Let's get going. Did you watch Harry Skelton ride Cheltenham last season? Uh, as he kicked for the uh, second last already? He's already set off, mate. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do this this time, Harry. I hope you're listening. I've got you back in this year. <laughs> Jake, you're free, mate. Yeah, I'll go Storm Control is the nap. Uh, that's in the the 2.20 on Saturday. Um, I'll go Barden Sound Lad as the next best in the 3.05 on Friday. And then Mr. Harp as the third best in the 4.05 on Saturday. Uh, I'm going to nap Tritonic, uh, primarily to wind Jim up. Uh, <sighs> but... I also think again. Look, I, 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 when I saw the prices, I was surprised he wasn't odds on with the news that Zana here isn't isn't coming to Cheltenham. Uh, my next best, yeah, go on. I like me Night Shadow, and I think I think he's overpriced. And providing that he turns up, I'd I'd be I'd be pretty keen on him. And my third pick. Let's say Spirit of the Games. Provided he comes, provided he turns up each way in the Potemps qualifier, just say just a horse I have I have so much time for, and I think he he looks likely to run on the balance a better race than a poor one if they do opt to come to Cheltenham. Uh, Jake, thanks for being with us. Uh, they're always they're always great reads your analysis, and it's class to see you getting you know getting picked up by easy odds as well. Uh, go and make sure you read all Jake's stuff if you haven't already, and give him a follow. Uh, say you'll make money if you do <laughs> no thanks very much it's been really fun to come on yeah and Jim uh, thanks for being here as well oh cheers Thank, thanks a lot for, for hosting again and it's nice to be back and kick back in front of the sofa in front of the sofa you're not a dog on the sofa <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, 
enjoying this weekend's racing at Cheltenham. And if you're really that bothered, there's some sprinting stuff at Doncaster. Yeah. Yeah, the, the world is that Luxembourg might actually be a horse that gets me excited on the flat. He looks Royal patronage beats him. None of that, that nonsense, soldiers. Thanks for everyone for, for tuning in. Thanks for rating the races and for their support. And we'll see you all again next week. See you soon. Stay safe.